You guys are awesome. Why don't you grab a seat? We thank our band this morning and our vocalists who sang with masks on. I can't even talk with a mask on, so I don't know what singing was like with a mask on, but they did a great job. Give them a round of applause as they, as they head off. Thanks, team. So good. So good. You know, we're on a bit of a journey as a church of reminding ourselves, reminding ourselves a few things about church. And I think that COVID gives us a great opportunity to do that. Uh, for instance, we've reminded ourselves uh, by, by utilizing deliberate language that actually as a church, we're, we're a home for hope. That's what we are. We're a place where hope lives, hope dwells, hope can be found, hope is, is propagated in our lives and, and in the lives of those around us. Uh, and, and we're full of life. We have the spirit of the living God in us. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, in fact, lives in you, right? Uh, and sometimes we just, we just need to tell ourselves that um, and, and, and then move into that. But some other things about church and, uh, and you know, COVID is, is, is somewhat restricting us from operating in this space, but, but church is about connection. It's about connecting with each other, right? We cannot remove the, the community of believers from the church. That's what it is. It's the gathering together. It is the community, but it's the community connecting, connecting with each other and connecting with God. And so, and so we can do a little bit of that here, right? Like we can connect a little bit with each other, but if you're online, we call it online church, but it's not online church without the connection, and, and, and it's, it's very easy, okay, it's very easy in, a, in, in the current COVID climate to, to not feel like you have the capacity to lean into something new and something different. But can I tell you that it might feel strange the first time you, you, you try to connect over an online chat. That's going to feel weird. Let's, let's, let's acknowledge that and let's be people that are willing to move into something that feels weird and new because we don't want to lose what, we, 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 what we've built, right? So, so this, this is your pastor saying, try something new, connect in the chat, okay? I know it's going to be weird, but that's how you do online church. You don't just consume, okay? Even in our auditorium, we're not consuming as the church, we are connecting together and with our God. That's what church is. It's not a consumption, it's not a performance. We don't come to get, we come to give to each other and to our God. And so if you're watching online, you aren't just consuming. If you would like to have online church because you can't be in the auditorium, then have church, but that means connection. That means you connect with each other and you connect with God in, in worship and in His Word. We're about to open it, so why don't you get your Bible out at home? Guys here, let's get our Bible out. Let's dig into His Word and, uh, and let's see what He has to say to us in this season because God is not silent. God has not left us to navigate this current climate on our own. He is with us. And he wants to encourage you this morning, and he wants to carry you. Sorry, just saw Tim there. Just that's oh, I love that man, but I was like, God's carrying us through this season, right? Some people just need to be, be reminded God is carrying you when you feel like you can't do it. When you feel like you don't have the strength, God is right there. God is right there. So we've been in a series on Colossians. It's been great. We are going to continue that today. And uh, I want to I wanna welcome, uh, obviously, everyone here in the auditorium. Thank you for uh, reminding yourselves that you're not locked down. You can come to church. Uh, it's, it's great. 
uh, to be together. Uh, I want to welcome everyone online because I know we can't have everyone in the building. We do have numbers restrictions. So some of you, you are, you are forced into the new, but that might be good for you. And uh, it might, might shift you out of some ruts you've been in and uh, it might be really good. I'm just saying. And anyone who's visiting with us today, it is so great to have you here. I hope that you are encouraged. I hope that you feel uh, like there is life in this place and that you can receive from that and, and take that with you wherever you go, whether that's here in the auditorium or online. I hope you enjoy our service. I want to encourage you. Let's be expectant. Let's participate. Let's not spectate. Let's lean into what God has for us out of his word today. And... Uh, We're going to read, we're going to read from Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 through to 15. And then after that, we're going to pray and we're going to pray that I can actually get through that whole amount of scripture because um, there is a lot, there is a lot in that. And I'm preaching next week and we might just, we might just split it in half and, and skip a section that God's not speaking to me so much out of. We'll see. We'll see how we go. But here we go, Colossians 2, 6 to 15, and I did not bring my NIV this morning, so uh, if, if it is on the screen, that would be super helpful, because then I can read it from the screen. If not, you'll get a slightly different translation. Here we go, it says, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus our Lord, continue to live your lives in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world, rather than on Christ. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. In him you were also circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands. Your whole self ruled by the flesh was put off when you were circumcised by Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ." He forgave us all our sins, having cancelled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. That is good news right there. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Amen. You are going to need to pray for me today. There is a lot in that. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for the fact that we had people write it for us, that we still have it today. We have these passages to read and and, and we have your spirit that is the spirit of revelation. And Lord, I pray today that your Holy Spirit would be moving uh, in this auditorium and wherever people are watching online, bringing revelation as to what you have done for them and what that enables them now to do with their lives, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. 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 
getting close to the beginning of the new A-League season, which is fantastic. I'll be able to start praying for the Jets again. And I am back in a place of faith. You will be pleased to know. I lost, I, I, I allowed doubt to get in last season and I couldn't, I just had nothing. I couldn't do it. I couldn't pray for them. I was in doubt. I'm back in faith. We're going to have a great season this season and we made some great signings. Hallelujah. Fantastic. So hands up if you're a parent in here. Hands up if you're a parent. Fantastic. Feel free to put your hand up online. This is how you engage. You actually participate. I don't know, I don't know about you, but I have discovered in parenting that a, a vast part of parenting sounds like I am repeating myself. I don't know if, if you relate to that at all, but for me, I, I, sometimes I will sit down and I will be like, I honestly feel like I have said that to you, Addison. I mean, I mean, my child, I have said that to you five times now. Like, I haven't even changed how I've said it. I've said it exactly the same way five times, and you're still not doing what I have asked you to do, or you're still not doing it how I have asked you to do it, right? And I, I find myself getting a little frustrated uh, in those moments, uh, I, am, I am certainly still human and on the process of transformation, but I, I don't enjoy repeating myself. I, I, have this, I live with this expectation that somehow people, uh, including, I guess, our congregation, uh, but absolutely my children, that if I say something once, they'll get it. I mean, my kids will get it. If I just say it once, my kids will get it. If, 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 if our preacher says something once, our church will just get it. And I have grown to realize that's just not the case. That's not the case. It doesn't work like that, right? A, that is a foolish mindset and a, and, a, and a foolish expectation to have in this life. It, it, it really leads you down the path of a lot of frustration. But I started to learn this a little bit in, in my teaching. Because as a teacher, a, a, a large amount of teaching is actually saying the same thing, but from different ways, right? The, the, the amount of content that you need to deliver is not always as um, copious as we would make out to be, but it's the fact that you have to teach it in five different ways before you see the flicker of understanding behind the teenager's eyes. And even sometimes that's just a yawn and you mistake their tiredness for, for actually realizing that they're understanding stuff. But there is, there, is, there is actually wisdom in repetition. And Paul understands this, right? Like Paul is a great teacher. He understands how to teach. And so he understands the value of repetition. And, and we have spoken a number of times already, this is coming into week four, and we have spoken a number of times about the one core message that Paul is trying to communicate to the church at Colossae, okay? And that one message, Paul, the good teacher, simply puts on repeat. He just puts it on repeat. He's just like, here's the same thing again. Here's the same thing again. In case you didn't get it, here's the same thing again. And here's the same thing again from a different angle. And I'm just going to do that for, for the, I think it's like four chapters. I should check that. But for, for like a couple of pages, he just says the same thing to them. He is not trying to get them to understand copious amounts of, of information and revelation about Jesus. He, he, in fact, says to be mature is to be basic. If you just got this one thing I'm trying to get across to you, if you just got this one thing, it would actually mature you far more than all of the books on your Audible book list. Okay, If you just got this one thing, it would go a whole lot further to mature in you than all the information you're trying to consume. And this is Paul's message. It's, it's very simple. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. 
Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. That is Paul's message. And he just puts that on repeat right through this letter. And he will say it from different angles. He'll say it in different ways. But his one message is, listen, this whole thing, it's all about Jesus. It's what he did for you. And now it's what you are in him. It's who he is. And now who you are in him. It's all about him. It's all about Jesus. And just get that. Just get that it's all about Jesus. And it's, you read through this and you're like, I wish I could preach something else out of this, this book. But that's all that is there. And, and it begins to make me realize that maybe that is all we need. Maybe we go looking for more because the simplicity of Jesus seems too simple to us. Like somehow, how can it just be about me having an actual relationship with Him and letting Him shape me and change me? And how can it be that simple? Surely it should be Jesus plus I need to do all of these things. And Paul's like, no, it's it's not that. Like, I know it sounds too good to be true and it sounds too simple. But remember, to be mature is to be basic. If we're childlike in our faith, we're getting a lot closer to how we should be living than, than if we try to live like these mature, knowledge-filled adults that we think we should, right? Uh, Paul's like, just get it. It's about Jesus. And I, you've got to understand that this is one of the main reasons why we have gone to the lengths of re re articulating the heartbeat of our church with a statement right at the start that says our reason is Jesus. It doesn't get beyond that, guys. It doesn't get further than that. Our reason is Jesus. Our reason to exist as a church is Jesus. Right, The reason that we pray is Jesus. It's, it's our why. It's why we believe. It's why we worship. It's why we have hope. It's why we gather. It's why we read the Bible. It's why we tithe. It's why we have purpose. It's why we have joy. It's why we have peace. It's why we have forgiveness. It's why we have anything to tell other people about in this life. It's why we invite others. It's why we pray for people. It's why we believe for healing. It's why we have eternal life. Right? There is, there is like You could get a list longer than the amount of digital pages that I could have on my notebook, which is obviously a lot. And you would never exhaust the why connected to Jesus. The entirety of our eternal life is now wrapped up in Him. All about Him. And now everything is in Him and through Him. It's all about Jesus. And I want to remind you that our reason as a church is Jesus. And we will not grow beyond that. We will not overcomplicate that. We will continue to pursue maturity in the simplicity of knowing Him and knowing ourselves in Him. And what that produces is the genuine fruit of discipleship that we would become more like Him and able to actually be light in this world, demonstrating the love and the forgiveness and the mercy of who? Of Jesus. That's it. This is complicated as it gets. And Paul spends this entire letter saying that over and over and over again. And so here we go. That was my introduction. Colossians 2, verse 6. And now, so then, let me get my translation right. So then, just as you received, we have to remind ourselves that that our relationship with Jesus first begins with receiving. That's its start point, right? Like God, God lays everything out on a banquet before us. He has done everything except He cannot receive 
the forgiveness for us. He cannot enter that relationship for us. We have to receive what has been placed before us, right? And for the vast majority of us in this auditorium and and probably the vast majority watching online, this is what we've done. We have received who Jesus is and accepted what he did for us. And that's where it begins. But it says here, uh, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, let's note there's a difference between him being our saviour and our Lord. Being our saviour, we're very grateful because we're saved from the, the, the punishment or the debt of our sin in our lives. But, but him being Lord, well, that's different. Him being Lord is, 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 is somewhere that we, we actively position him in our lives. We, we actively submit to him knowing that he is king, right? Lord denotes position, submission, and kingdom. It, it's not saviour, okay? We love being saved. As humans, we don't enjoy him being our Lord all the time. But it says, just as you received Christ Jesus, Lord, and maybe this is a challenge for some of you because you received him as saviour, but you have not yet received him as Lord. You know, there's a good theologian who says that that if, if he is not Lord of all, he is not Lord at all. And I know we've heard that in this church before, but it's, it rings true. It does not get old. We can, have, we can have one level of, of uh, we can receive one level of Jesus as Savior, but ultimately he's supposed to be Lord. Con- you must now continue to live your lives in him. It's a reminder that our Christian life is actually an ongoing decision. It's an ongoing set of decisions. That's why Paul elsewhere says that, you know, we are, oh, actually, he doesn't, I don't think he says that, but um, we are saved, but being saved. There is an ongoing decision nature to our relationship with Jesus in which we choose to lean into and position him as Lord over our lives. That is a day-to-day, sometimes hourly decision. It is ongoing. We never get to the point where the decision we made yesterday is sufficient for the decision we need to make today in our relationship with Jesus. Continue to live in him, continue to receive, continue to position, continue to submit, and continue to be transformed. You know, Paul, he loves this phrase, in him, right? Remembering that Paul's message is it's all about who he is and who we are in him. In these nine verses that we're covering today, Paul uses the phrase in him or with him eight times. Eight times in nine verses. If you, if, you, if you needed to know what it looks like for someone to emphasize something in Scripture, that's what it looks like. If, you, if, you, if you're trying to pull something out of the book of Colossians, which doesn't begin with you either being in him or with him, then I would suggest that you are, you are choosing to pull something that is out of alignment with Paul's main message. And you probably need to be a little bit careful about building a life on something that doesn't align with Paul's main message in the book of Colossians. Okay, we cannot live the principles that are mentioned without first being positioned in him. Okay, we cannot love the way we're supposed to without first being positioned in Christ. Okay, we can't forgive the way that we are called to without first being positioned in Christ. It's that that is the, 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 the most important, right? And rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith. When, when I read through that, I realize that rooted is about what goes down in deep and being built up is what comes out. And so there should be this, this jewel 
expression or this, this dual element of, of our relationship with Jesus that is at work in us, slowly going deeper in us, getting to the roots of our dysfunctions, getting to the, the roots of our, 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 our uh, the, the remnants, if you will, I'll, I'll unpack that a little bit later, but of our old nature, it should be getting deeper and deeper and deeper in us so that the result is that, that we are being built up more and more into the, the, a person uh, like Jesus, right? So there is this idea that, that in him, it should go deeper in us, but also that we should be built up more in him. There is this idea that we are being renewed in our core, in our worldview, the, the deeper, the root element of us, so that what comes out is fruit and behavior and transformation. If we do not dig into the root element, we, we should not b- try to just, just modify our behavior. But our relationship with Jesus is not about mod- behavior modification. It's about allowing him to get deep enough that there's genuine transformation and change. And the fruit of that, it, 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 the fruit of that is the behavior that, that changes, right? Because ultimately it is our roots that will determine our fruits, not, not because we just don't worry about trying to change in, we just try to change out. That's what the Pharisees did. That's what Jesus called them on. That was the falsehood of religiosity. I'm definitely not getting through all of these verses, okay? So we just, we'll just see where we get to. Being rooted and built up, the result is, is strength in faith, right? He goes on, he says, be rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught. When we lean in, when we get deeper with Jesus and our lives get built up in Jesus, our faith is strengthened. Our faith is strengthened. You know, it's, it's easy for our faith to get weak. It's easy for our faith to get weak. Circumstances, life, they naturally act to weaken our faith. They naturally act to cause you as a believer to, to, to go from front-footed to slowly back-footed and, and sitting down. They act to... to press against you and restrict and hold you back. But as we lean into, this is why it's so important that you have a genuine relationship with Jesus because that is the place in which we lean in and become more deeply rooted in Him and and build up in Him. And so there's this work that goes on inside of us and then the joy and the peace and the strength wells up and we become bigger and we become larger and our faith is strengthened and we're, we're able to move forward and get back on the front foot. And I want to remind you this morning that if you feel like your faith is weak, if you feel like you are lacking faith in this season, then connect with Jesus. Lean in to Jesus. Allow yourself to to have time and space to become even more deeply rooted in the person of Jesus, who He is, what He's done for you and who you are in Him. Those things that resonate deep down in your core and result in, in the building up of who you are then in Him. The result is an overflow. It's an overflow of joy. It's an overflow of thankfulness. It's an overflow. In verse 8, he says, See to it that no one takes you captive. Can I, can I just... This is on you. I can't do this for you. Our pastoral team can't do this for you. 
I cannot moderate what you watch and listen to on the media, who you're, who you're podcasting, who you are allowing to shape your worldview and perspective on life. I can't do that for you. If you are opening yourself up to, to people who are, uh, uh, have all sorts of philosophies and different viewpoints and you're allowing that to enter your mind and you're thinking about that, that's on you. I can't do that for you. I cannot control your actions in that space. I can be the one up here saying that the Word of God tells you to not let anyone take you captive with hollow and deceptive philosophies. Okay, and if you want to know what Paul's description, if you want to know what Paul's description of a hollow and deceptive philosophy is, just read a little bit further because he says it's the one that's not built on Jesus. If you hear something that is broadcast in today's cultural climate, I could list a few things. Things like critical theory. If you don't know what that is, that's okay. Go and read up on it. Things like the current woke movement, right? These are things that are not based on the person of Jesus or they're not based on the the true belief of the incarnation of the full deity of Christ in bodily form, right? These things are built on human reasoning. They're built on a hollow and deceptive viewpoint, trying to best explain life without the creator of life. And you need to take responsibility. Young people, teenagers, you are more open. You are more open today than anyone who sat in this auditorium has ever been. You are more exposed to people's philosophical views on life. And if you are not careful, you will allow some Instagram influencer, some TikTok person that has zero qualifications, but has a gift at making stuff sound good and sound right. And you will allow that to take you captive and take you out of the purpose that God has on your life. I don't know why I'm getting emotional. I see so many people who allow hollow and deceptive philosophies to get into their thinking and shape the way they think about life and shift them away from the person of Jesus. And I can't do that for you. I can't take responsibility for your feed. I can't take responsibility for for you getting into this and finding out what Jesus says about life and what God's worldview is on this life and, and how we should approach life as people who say we believe in Jesus and have received Him. I can't do that for you. Our pastoral team can't do that for you. If you hear nothing else this morning, hear the fact that that you need to let no one take you captive with these hollow and deceptive philosophies that depend at best on human tradition. And at worst, they, they are an agenda pushed by the elemental spiritual forces of darkness in this world. Do not think that we are somehow no longer in some spiritual war, that somehow that the enemy, yes, has been defeated, but that he's no longer uh, trying to intervene and trying to get at believers in today's day and age. I'm telling you, he loves the fact that we are more exposed because now he can bombard us 
with so much more. And we need to have an understanding that actually shutting ourselves off from certain things may be the best form of spiritual warfare that you can do in your life. Getting off, unfollowing, blocking that person might be the greatest piece of spiritual warfare that you could do. Here's the thing. When we depend on Jesus, our worldview brings freedom. It brings life. It brings security. It develops in us a a secure foundation. If we buy into these, these empty and deceptive philosophies, Ultimately, what they do is they take us captive from the freedom that we can find in Jesus. They, 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 they restrict us. They hold us back. They trap us in, in thinking that produces in us the opposite of what Jesus calls us to live this life as. We lean into things like relativism. And so now there's no truth. And so what we, think was an, what we think was a pathway to develop a sense of security, well if, well, if there's no truth, well, then I can't be wrong. True, but now there's no security in what's right either. And so we, we, we think we're building for ourselves the, the, the security we're seeking, but really we're allowing ourselves to be captive by insecurity. We're building our house on sand that is shifting Relativism is always shifting. It's whatever is relative at the time. There is no truth in that. There is no foundation in that. There is no security in that. There is no stability in that. When the waves and the wind and the storms of life come, if you are building your life on relativism, you will sink and and, and flail and you will not know which way is up and which way is down because you have no secure foundation. And I want to ask you today, What is your belief about life and its different aspects built on? What are you building your view of this life on? Because Paul is clear. He's repeating it time and time again. It's all about Jesus. We don't have to understand it all to build on it. In fact, that's what it's like to be childlike. We trust. We trust that, it's, that, it's enough, that Jesus is enough. We trust that Jesus is sufficient. We trust that Jesus and, and, and what He says and the way He, he speaks about life and living. And, and we trust that even when we don't understand, even when we can't articulate it in the way that we would like, Sometimes, sometimes we need to be okay with not being able to articulate anything more than I trust Jesus. I, tr- I don't know what to do in that circumstance. I don't know how to handle that, 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 that cultural expression right now. I don't know how to speak directly into that space. But I trust Jesus. And I, and I trust that, that His view on this life is the absolute truth 
we're supposed to build our lives on. Because in Him all the fullness of the deity lives. In Him all the fullness of God exists. You know what? You're allowed to have questions of what, what, what is God like? I don't know what God's like. You know, Jesus answers that and He says, you know what? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. All of God is in Jesus. All of God is in Jesus. He's not lacking any aspect of God. He is fully God and fully man. If you want to know what God is like, find Jesus. Find Jesus. Because in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. Everything you desire and crave finds its satisfaction and fullness in Jesus. Your identity, your purpose, your reason, some of the greatest questions in life that people seek all of these empty philosophies trying to answer are found. You will find it in in its fullness in the person of Jesus. I'm going to to land it here at the end of verse 10 and, and maybe we'll pick up the rest next week. But it says here, He is the head of every power and every authority. There is no demon, not the devil, no government, no philosophy, no science, no popular opinion, no kingdom, no ruler, no rich person, none whatsoever who is greater than Jesus Christ. He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He is the most supreme. He is high above. He is what it is all about and what it has always been about. He is the one who will be worshipped for eternity. And He is the one that came to earth, gave up heaven, put on humanity, so that we could have a relationship with Him. And He did it by dying on a cross. God Himself. restricted himself into a human form to live as a man so that he might be able to die on behalf of all men for all time so that we would forever have access to the Father in heaven through Jesus so that we would not be left searching for these 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 meanings of life, these reasons for existence, purpose. How do I find joy? How do I find peace? These, these questions that ache at the very soul of who we are. He came so that we could have access to the one who answers all of those in who he is. And I don't know if there's people in this room, I don't know if there's people watching online who have never begun a relationship with Jesus. 
The truth is that you can. You can. You can have a relationship with Jesus in which you can find the fullness of who you are in Him. And doing that is so simple. It's so easy. The first thing that we do is we simply acknowledge firstly that we are lacking, <laughs> that we're lacking, that, that we, we, we have a sinful nature, that we do things that in the eyes of God, He would call sin. And we, that, that's what separates us first and foremost from Him. We, we, we need to acknowledge that that's us, that's who we are. We gotta own that. But equally on the back of that, we, we receive what I just said Jesus has done for you. He's died for you. And when you receive that He did that for you and believe that He is who He says He is, that He is God's Son, when we acknowledge, receive and believe, it says that in that moment, we are born again. We receive a new nature and we enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And maybe you're listening this morning, maybe you're here and you don't have that. You don't have that relationship, but you would like that relationship. You're watching online and you would like that relationship. Well, I'm going to pray a prayer. It's not the specific words that matter. It's a prayer that kind of walks through those things. It acknowledges, it receives, and then it believes. And if you would like to, I'd encourage you to pray this prayer wherever you're watching right now as I do this. Lord, before you, I acknowledge my sin. I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that he died for me. And I receive right now forgiveness. I believe Jesus is your son. And I right now would like to be born again and have relationship with Jesus. If you did that this morning, can I encourage you to come and speak to me after a service? I'll be down the front. If you did that, you're watching online. Can I encourage you either, if, if you're watching live right now, can you, can you click on a little button that's like request for prayer? One of our pastors, I believe it's Pastor Karen this morning, she's, she's gonna pray with you. She's gonna talk with you about what, what that whole thing just means to have a relationship with Jesus. And if you're watching this at some other time, can you please connect with us? Go to our website. Let us know that you, you've just begun a relationship with Jesus. We want to help you do that. But church, can I encourage you this week? Let's keep it simple. Let's keep it about Jesus. Let's seek Him. Let's have real relationships with Him where we allow Him to challenge the way we think and see this life. Where we allow His Word to challenge how we see and think about this life. That we might actually be transformed to be like Him, to live like Him, to bring His kingdom here to an earth that so desperately needs it. If you would like prayer for anything this morning, for anything that's going on, maybe some of the stuff I said to you this morning has triggered something in your mind, then I would really encourage you after our service, after we close, can you come down the front? We would love to be able to pray with you. We'll do it socially distanced. You don't need to worry about any of that. The Spirit of God is not restricted by airspace. 
but we would love to pray for you this morning. I'm going to hand back to Pastor Darren and Beck. Thanks, everyone.